and Ghouls, and welcome to October, where here at Then and Now, we're going to give you a full month of spooky episodes. Today, I am your host, Robert Folly, and with me as always, the man with the plan, the man who does all of the research, my handy assistant. I'm Daniel. Danny. Like, yeah, uh, I'm not doing, ooh, this is Danny Mullins. And... No, because you make me sound like you're fucking Igor. <laughs> Yeah, what's wrong with you? I put well, you do all of the research. Every everybody knows who listens to this that week after week you put in so much work into this. You guys are making it so I'll definitely never do it again, right? <laughs> but Danny actually did do research this time. It's I had to. You told me you wouldn't. Uh, you're damn right. So we're doing uh, movie monsters. It's very yeah. very broad, but I'm going to stick primarily in the uh, the then to Universal monsters. That's your your classics, your Draculas, your Frankenstein's, your Mummy, your okay? Wolfman. Ah, who cares about the Wolfman? I um, care about the Wolfman. That's why I told you to research him. I don't care about the Wolfman, Robert. <laughs> so I did research on the Wolfman. Yeah, I didn't. So everything else is Danny. So Danny. Lon Chaney. Go ahead and take her away. Okay, so if we go back to the 1920s, that's when the Universal Pictures start, started making these movies uh, based on monsters. Right. Do you know what their first one was? Nosferatu? No. What? They didn't do Nosferatu. Oh, they did? not Universal, no. I thought they did. I think that's classified. It's definitely the first vampire movie. I don't even think it's technically the first horror movie. But didn't it come out in like the 1910s or something like that? Something crazy? Uh, maybe. It's if, very if, old. If it's not that, then I'm going to guess Phantom of the Opera. Uh, that was their second. Their first one oh. was actually The Hunchback of Notre Dame. Really? Or Notre Dame, if I you're would fancy. Not, I would not consider that a monster. Uh, yeah, me neither. Uh, Lon Chaney, the guy that played the Wolfman, yes. played uh, Quasimodo. He also played the uh, Phantom in Phantom of the Opera. Oh. They're, like I said, their second movie. So in 1923, they came out on the scene with Hunchback, which thinking of that as a horror movie... Still kind of makes sense because the Disney movie was kind of terrifying too. Eh, I remember it, seeing it in a the, in a drive-in theater when I was a kid. It was that phenomenon starring John Travolta. Right. Uh, both terrifying. Uh, see, I really like the Disney Hunchback, um, but it, it, it's everybody complains when it comes to Disney that their main characters always end up with the girl. They always are conventionally beautiful, you, you know. Mm-hmm. And it it flipped the script on that where the main character was ugly as sin. He didn't end up with the girl, but it still had amazing visuals with uh, with Notre Dame, like the stained glass windows where he's sitting there yelling "Sanctuary" above the entire city of Paris. Very beautiful visuals in that movie while telling a good story. Yeah, I sincerely doubt this one's as good. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I don't know. It's silent era. Yeah, I so know I doubt he's yelling "Sanctuary." Right, that was followed up, and what was probably their biggest hiatus from making horror movies from 1923 to 1927, so only four years. That's by far the biggest gap they ever had. Oh, okay. They followed up with The Cat and the Canary, which I know nothing about. Uh, I'm guessing that it ha- it's more of a spy thriller. Yeah, I don't deal. care either. Or detective. Detective. Movie. I sincerely doubt it. Why? It's a monster movie. It's supposed to be. Or a horror movie, anyways. Could be, but they followed that up in 1928 with The Man Who Laughs. The name ring a bell? Uh, yeah, it sounds like uh, the Joker. A Batman comic, right? Yeah. It was a silent era film by German expressionist Paul Linney. The movie switches between melodrama and swashbuckling, but it's so drenched in his dark, like, you know, satire of what's going on and everything that it's classified and plays more like a horror movie. Huh. It is most well known for the main character, Gwynplaine. That's one word. G-W-Y-N-P-L-A-I-N-E. Gwynplaine. It's not a real name. They made that up. No. Uh, for his freak-like grin that inspired the Joker. Huh. That makes sense. Have you seen that black and white picture? Yeah. picture from, that's the movie. That was a universal movie. Okay, that actually makes a lot yeah, of sense. And the man who laughs, they actually turned into a comic. Uh, yeah. That was the fun tidbit I told you I found out. 
earlier. I thought that was really cool. Yeah, as soon as you said the name, that was the first uh, image that popped to mind, was that... Uh... That creepy-ass black-and-white photo? Yeah. That's him. That's from that movie, uh, The Man Who Laughs. The smile was a punishment from King James II after Gwynplaine's... Gwynplaine's? Whatever. Uh, father was put to death. We're going to call him Gwynny. Yeah, Gwynny. Uh, his father was put to death by the king. I, it didn't say why. Uh, but the Tyler Carden... Probably for bone in his life. Maybe. Nah, nobody bones the queen. I would Not bone. even the king. <laughs> That's why they're so mean. Yeah. Off, yeah. off with your head. Nope. Unless you're going to put it in me. <laughs> <laughs> this makes it sound like you're going to castrate him, though. Um, the smile was punishment. They, they never like specified. I, I suppose. Which head? <laughs> yeah. Um, the title card leading to the scene where you see his disfigured face, that smile. Yeah. Uh, the king, it says, the king condemned condemned him to laugh forever at his fool of a father. It's like he hated this dude's dad so much that he not only killed him, but he mutilated his son. Yeah, for life. Jeez. Turned him into a freak. But it's actually a romantic movie, supposedly. I'm assuming it's him finding the girl, even though he's this grotesque freak-looking thing. Which, back in the 20s, just smiling a lot made you a freak. Well, it's because they didn't know what emotions were back then. Like It's kind of like now. If I see somebody that's really happy and I don't know why, I don't trust him, Robert. Yeah, I mean, you didn't trust me for the longest time. Still don't. Yeah. Yeah. And then we go to the 1930s, which I think, the pinnacle. That, that's when it really uh, The monster movie, yeah. yeah. Uh, started out with two lost films that nobody will ever see again. What are they called? They are... Written down on this page somewhere. <laughs> that, I, I remember that one. Oh. That was so scary. In 1930, The Cat Creeps, starring the oh, starring what has to be the best fake name in old-timey Hollywood. Helen Twelve Trees. Ha! It's like, how many trees are around me? I don't know, 12? That's my name! Helen Twelve Trees! Or she's like definitely running away from the police in some way, and she like somebody came up and was like, you look beautiful, kid. Watch your name. I'm going to put you in the movie stars. And she goes, I'm Helen... Uh, uh, I can't say my last name. Uh, one, two, three, four, five, Twelve Trees. I'm Helen Twelve Trees. <laughs> or every movie, she's one more tree. Like her first movie, she was Helen One Tree. Right. Yeah, but and this is her twelfth film. Yeah, so now she's Helen Twelve Trees. By the time she passed away, she was Helen 37 uh, Trees. It's good that she was in the silent movie era. Interesting tidbit about her. She had a very strong speech impediment, mm -hmm. which made it to where she would say her name was Helen Twelve Tweez. <laughs> I thought I'd talk putty tat. Yeah. I did, I did. She, she was the inspiration for uh, for, so for Tweety. Or Tweety, yeah, sorry. Yikes. That's not true. I'm making all of that shit up. I, I probably figured that <laughs> out. Just... Um, the other one was La Valente de Murto. Also from 1930. What's that translate to? Anyways, in 1931. <laughs> Murto's gotta be murder, right? Uh, and D death. is the, so it's like the death. Uh, we can figure this out. La Valente. The Valiant Death. Oh, or the Valiant Murder. Murder. Probably. You want me to look it up? Not really. Okay. <laughs> hey, go ahead. I'll keep talking. Start the director thing. In 1931, they completely changed the landscape when they started bringing in their heavy hitters. The people that are, or the monsters, rather, that are really remembered today and have been, I mean, ran into the ground, in all honesty. Well, they were based off of literature, and so they, like... Hollywood tapped in this very early that certain things in literature speak to people. And so they found the key things. And back then, when you had no real voice to give mm -hmm. anything, the best way to do was tap into already primal fears, uh, which they discovered from this literature, the Frankenstein, the, the werewolves, mm. Dracula. Speaking of Dracula. Yeah. That's the movie that came out next. Starring Bela Lugosi. Which I think is the best movie Dracula ever. I mean, a lot of people say uh, Christopher Lee, which was cool too. That's from the Hammer films. I was more of the old black and white, old school kind of thing because it was never gory, right? You know, and honestly, a lot of it wasn't even that scary. But that dude was intimidating. 
Like, he did the vampire stare better than anybody, except for that dude from Twilight. Yeah. But that's because he wasn't wearing a shirt. Did you find out what it meant? The dead will, according to Google Translate. That's way off. Damn it. Whatever. Uh, I think they had really high hopes for Dracula, because the uh, just two months later, they came out with Dracula, the uh, Spanish-speaking variant. With a completely <laughs> different cast. They had to, like, back then, you couldn't just put subtitles on it. They had to completely remake the uh, the film, yeah. scene by scene, second by second, with people that could speak Spanish. It, it was the very first thing that showed on El Telemundo. Don't smugly sip your drink, dude. <laughs> I, I hate you. <laughs> you smug bastard. This is what it feels like. This is what it feels like when you have to do all the stuff and I just chime in with funny shit well, on occasion. I, I like going back. To, I'd like to go back. But <laughs> this is horrible. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that was 1931. The same year. That was... Uh, it was like March. Oh, it was February. February of 1931. That November, they came out with Frankenstein. Okay. Where you saw Boris Karloff. Uh, I don't think for the first time. I think he'd been used around a little bit. No, I'm sorry. That was his first Universal uh, role. It was his 80th film, though. The guy just saw him, The director was... Uh, he was gay. And they thought that like getting him on this project would be good. Because he always kind of clung to it. Right. Because it's about the outcast and stuff. And, I don't know from experience, but I'm assuming being gay in the 1930s is probably not the easiest thing in the world. No, probably not. So he kind of found something in that story to go with, and he saw Karloff on a movie set. He's like, he looks so different. He seems so intimidating. He seems kind of like a, a kindred spirit in the fact that they're both lost souls because he was just wandering around a movie set. Right. He's like, this, he's probably never actually been in a movie. I want him in my movie. And it turns <laughs> out he's been in 80 other movies. Yeah. Uh, but I, I couldn't picture a, uh, a better fit. Um, well... When you picture the monster from Frankenstein, it's it's that it's that version, right? I right, would right. think. Uh, before we continue, I, I had something to actually add to the Dracula. Sure, go ahead. Um, you know, like I was saying, a lot of this is based off literature. But before Bram Stoke Bram Stoker's Dracula, uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula is a completely different film. Way better, something. <laughs> uh, Bram Stoker's Dracula. Um, that was actually inspired by an incident that happened in New England. In uh, nineteen or not nineteen eighty two in eighteen ninety two, I dyslexia. Sorry. Yep. Um, basically, uh, during that time, consumption or tu- tuberculosis was kind of getting rampant, mm-hmm. and uh, they there was a whole lot of horrible shit. If you want to know the true origin of where the inspiration for Dracula came from, look up the name Mercy Brown. Cause I remember Murphy Brown. No, no, no. This is not that was a television. This show. is not a 1990s sassy lawyer. Oh, this man. is this is like I said, 1892, uh, a tuberculosis case where they ended up cutting out her heart, lungs, and different organs and liquefying them and making her brother drink them to try to cure him of tuberculosis or consumption. That probably worked, right? The story was so horrific and made news that one, it created a vampire scare throughout New England, and two. It was got to be so widely known that the newspaper clipping was found in Bram Stoker's belongings after his death. It's what inspired the story of Dracula. A lot of people uh, claim that it is Vlad the Impaler or Vlad the well, There Ruhl. have been a lot of variants. Yeah, right. where it, it's and led to that. But. It kind of makes sense where people get that, and that may be a part of it, but what finally inspired him to write the story was the Mer- Mercy Brown incident. Fucking Boston, man. I don't know if it was Boston. Well, you said New England. Yeah. Massachusetts. 
all the same thing. From the people that brought you Mark Wahlberg. We'll put it that way. <laughs> um, but yeah, if, if, if you want to know true horror story, look up that instant. Yeah, that sounds terrifying. It, it is fucked up. And I, I found this on accident while not even trying to research this shit this week. You must look up the weirdest kind of porns. <laughs> <laughs> to stumble across this kind of shit. Because I know that's the only reason people get on the internet. Oh, uh, I was actually uh, trying to find a new podcast to listen to and found one called Lore. And the very first episode was about vampires, and they went into great detail about this. That sounds kind of cool. Yeah, I'm going to listen to more of those. Of yeah, let me know of that podcast. Oh, we should. We'll talk about more. Yeah, about that when we're not recording our our own our podcast. own podcast yeah. called Then and Now. That's what it Share is. Share it with your friends. Tell your mama. Um. Anyways, Frankenstein was cool. Yes. Now, uh, based off of Mary Shelley's novel. Have you ever actually read the? book? I've read the entire thing. I actually really like this story. A lot of dry spells. Yeah. In that book. Uh, there are. Holy hell. But it, it's to give you more character build. Yeah, character building isn't always very exciting. Yeah, it's also not always that necessary, because they go into characters that you, nobody gave a shit about, yeah. Robert. Nobody. Yeah. I um, guess it makes it more impactful when, like, you know, they When die. stuff actually happens. Yeah, because it follows that one girl that ends up getting strangled. Yep. Uh, um, but it is cool, but uh, night and day difference between the novel and the movie. Right. The and novel, the um, not only does the monster speak, but he's yeah. very articulated. He's very articulate. Very smart. And in the novel, you know, a, a lot of... The one gripe that I have about Frankenstein that gets me is people that think they know the story go, you know, Frankenstein wasn't the monster. He, he was, was the, the doctor. Yeah. Well, which, yes, that is true. But in the book, he says, I take the name of my father. Mm. It's kind of, a, it's a jab at the doctor. So he, yeah, he versioned himself as Frankenstein. Yeah. To slight his uh, creator. Yeah. That he does not like. No. He doesn't, he, that's kind of what's so tragic about it. Like you, at the beginning, you have this doctor that's not really doing it for fame or infamy. He's doing it because he has this idea in his head and he cannot live without seeing it through. Right. Not even that he wants to. He has to. He has to see if it'll work. It's an obsession. Yeah. And uh, then you have this beast that's created and shunned immediately. Right. And, that and, that and doesn't want to live. I mean, imagine imagine it in these terms. Imagine a replace the monster with a child mm. and play out the same movie right. just with a child that's growing up instead. Mm-hmm. And, it, and instead of a horror movie at that point, it becomes a tragedy. Yeah. Where, where Very you, much so is a tragedy. Where you would sympathize anyways. with the child more than the doctor. Yeah, and the book makes that a lot more clear because you can't see the beast, you know. Right. And they describe him, he's what, a thin yellow skin, screwed up teeth, and long black hair. It's, it's about like as it, much it's as... It's been a while since I... Yeah, it's almost translucent like yellow skin, but he's not all patchworked and right. corpse-like like in the movie. Right. Like, he looks freakish, but he's also huge, yes. from what I remember. I mean, he's not like... He, he, he's very large. He's yeah. almost more of a ghoul. Yeah. Like from old literature. More like a uh, Mr. Hyde. Kind of like, if I picture that, like Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. What most people think of today is Mr. Hyde, yes. Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's it's this tragic story of this guy that didn't necessarily want to create, and his creation not necessarily wanting to live. Right. And they have, I mean, this isn't, yeah, it ends on a iceberg, on a, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's strange. They don't do that in the movie. No. Mm. They don't. That's one thing that, once again, going back to Hollywood when it comes to early literature, they also went... Ah, fuck literature. We can also do what we want. Oh, no. At this time, you, you had to have the monster die at the end. Yes. You had to. That's why at the very... Uh, even though there's, like, seven sequels, the monster dies at the end of all of them. Yep. Like, in this one, uh, the uh, windmill catches fire and collapses on them. And you see Dr. Frankenstein's limp body fly out, hit the windmill, and land on the ground. <laughs> and he lives! 
Yeah. Yeah, he's in the sequel. Because well, he's the, quote, good guy. Right. He's this fucking monster. He's a psychopath. And uh, I don't know who played him in the first movie. But Knowledge he... is knowing that Frankenstein is not the monster. Wisdom is knowing that Frankenstein is the monster. Right. Um, yeah, and uh, like I said, I don't know who they get to play the role uh, of the doctor. I buy him as a sociopath, psychopath, very easily. Like, he's a creepy-ass dude. Died of alcoholism not long after if, the sequel, If you were going to recast it today... Who would you have playing Dr. Frankenstein? Dr. Frankenstein. Dr. Yeah. Because I've got an idea, but it may be too played out for this particular actor. This guy might look a little funny. I can't remember. Who's the guy, who's the guy that played Rorschach? Uh, oh, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name. Or if Gene Wilder was still alive. Yes. Oh, wait. He's already played the doctor once. Yeah. That was Frankenstein, though. He never played Dr. Frankenstein. He says Frankenstein. I know. At the end, when he yeah. embraces the crazy. We'll get to that in the end. I love yeah. that fucking movie. Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Who'd you say? Uh, for me, it would be, uh, the guy that played Hannibal Lecter. Um. Oh, Anthony Hopkins? Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Anthony Hopkins. Sir Anthony Hopkins, I think, would play a really good, like, deranged doctor that, like, you would get that he can't stop until he's finished it. Too old. I don't even think that age would really be a factor. Think about young and handsome the doctor was in the original movie. Like, that's a good-looking dude. He could play Superman just as easily as he could play... The deranged doctor, so, and so yet he still pulled it off. You would want a young doctor? Yeah, I'd prefer a younger doctor. See, for me, age isn't a factor. It's the crazy while trying to be normal. He wasn't that... In the novel, he wasn't crazy. Okay, you have to be a little crazy if you're trying to bring somebody back. He didn't... Uh, he uh, Like I said, he didn't want to necessarily. He had to. Yeah. Which I guess isn't normal. Maybe he was crazy. Yeah. But I, yeah, I'm going to say that he's definitely crazy. I, I think the the younger age helps. I'm thinking uh, just below 40. And the fact that you haven't lived long enough to like know and think ahead of exactly how this is going to work out. You're going to have that young ambition. you know, that, And just enough stupidity to throw yourself over the ledge and be like, hey, I'm, I'm creating a corpse monster. Yeah, I'm going to play God. Yeah. So, yeah, I, th- I, I think you need a younger doctor. Okay. Yeah, and that's why. All right. Uh, but by far, my favorite uh, Universal series. Uh, Frankenstein, the first one's not my favorite. But uh, I love those movies. Very much so. Okay. Uh, they followed that up with uh, several that most people probably haven't heard of. Um, Murders in the Rue Morgue. Never heard of that. Yeah, that was I'm 1932. I've never heard of that. Uh, that's, okay, that's not quite right, because next came The Mummy. Right. Also played by Boris Karloff. Same guy that played the monster in Frankenstein. Yeah. Here's my issue with mummy movies. They're all boring? No, they're zombie movies, just the zombie's a little drier. <laughs> and they forget, <laughs> they forget how to bite. Yeah. And they fell in toilet paper. It's a whole thing. Well, it's because they're mummified. But we'll we'll they're, say they're zombie movie, uh, zombie movies in sand. Yeah, yeah. I, I would actually, uh, to a certain degree, give mummies uh, credit for being the reason that zombie movies became so successful. I don't know, because if you think of the first big vampire or zombie movie, uh, Night of the Living Dead, Night of the Living Dead, yeah, nothing, nothing in common with a mummy movie. No, but whereas mummies, it's a curse. It's still a hey. This thing is something that was is dead has come back to life and is killing people. They're more like slasher movies though. Back then they were. It's just the silent protagonist that's just chasing you around. Actually, yeah. in the original Mummy movie, he does. Um, he looks normal for parts because it's kind of like you know the Brendan Fraser movies. Yes, which, which we'll we're might gonna, get to later. Yep, uh, based off of that and kind of the same. Ah, fuck it, never mind. Kimo 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 You said it the same way twice. Yeah, Kimo Oh, no, he has a cool ride at Universal Studios. Yeah. When there. Uh, then The Invisible Man, which I've never seen. I have. And I have seen. It's it's all right. I it, saw um, the Kevin Bacon version, Hollow Man. Uh, yeah. You get to see his half-invisible dick. 
you get to see his... There's no skin on it, Robert. Yes. Uh, you also get to see his full invisible dick when they're using the uh, therm- thermo glasses. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Not a good movie. <laughs> no, uh, there's invisible rape. There is. Yeah, don't go watch Hollow Man. It's a bad movie. Sounds like it. My brother has that. The best part Man about it is, oh, yeah. is when they're trying to make the gorilla invisible, which, why the fuck would you ever? Do it on rats. God, somehow that was so stupid I forgot it happened. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what purpose does it serve? It's just going to fuck you up? Yeah. Why would you make something that is already fucking terrifying invisible as well? <laughs> yeah. Do it, do it to doves. <laughs> Nobody's going to be afraid John of John Woo would be pissed. <laughs> Nobody's going to be afraid of an invisible dove. You're just going to get invisible shit on. Oh, well. <laughs> is the poo-poo invisible? Uh, I don't know, because we never see him spit. His blood's invisible. No, so I'd assume, yeah, all the excrements. Yeah. Hmm. Dumb movie. Dumb, <laughs> yes. dumb movie. Uh, the I mean, bl- could you imagine if he went invisible and they could always tell where he was because there's just like a poo in his intestine? <laughs> <laughs> or if he just ate, you see like a, a half-digested <laughs> slice of pizza? <laughs> Probably make the movie better. Then you wouldn't yeah. have to see his invisible dick because they could. You're right there, Kevin. Yeah, I I know you're right there. I, I'm gonna shoot the poo. You're, <laughs> you're you're going to die from infection, but you keep trying to kill us. What you have to do is shoot, shoot him in, in the, the poo. poo. <laughs> <laughs> Move on. Let's get off of the Invisible Man. Uh, 1934, The Black Cat was the first one that starred both uh, Boris Karloff and Bela Lugosi. So you had oh. Frankenstein and Dracula side by side in nice. a movie that once again I knew nothing about. <laughs> Um, then the mystery of Edwin Drood from in 1935. Also in 1935, a mere four years later, you got the sequel to Frankenstein, Bride of Frankenstein, which is one of my favorite movies of all time. Right. Love that movie. Uh, that's one of the old horror monster movies that is classic, but I've never seen. Oh, it's right there. Yeah, I, I know you that you have it. it. Uh, there is a, there's a, a lady they try to use as comedic relief at the very beginning because it starts off exactly where the first one ends. The should-be-dead doctor is getting carted off, and the should-be-dead monster is just swimming around in the water underneath. Somebody falls in, gets scared, he accidentally kills him. Right. But there's this old lady that just, like, over-the-top screams and throws her hands in the air. is like, whoa, why? And runs off through the whole fucking movie. <laughs> it does not fit. <laughs> why is it there? But, uh, very good. Uh, my son loves the movie. This is, okay, in the book, uh, where he meets the blind lodger. Right. Uh, they actually put it in the sequel. It's not in the original movie. It's in the sequel. Okay. Um, very well done. And that's where the monster, they actually let the monster talk. Okay, yeah. Like I said, I've, I've never seen this movie, so I, I literally oh, have Oh, this nothing. blind guy's amazing, dude. He gives him soup, teaches him how to eat, uh, gives him a cigar, teaches him how to smoke. Well, because uh, of course. You have to. Yeah. Uh, you know, and all this stuff, and then starts teaching him how to talk. Like, the first thing, one of the first things he says is a, a lone, bad, friend, good. Like, he's learning the, the uh, art of friendship. Cool, cool. Uh, it's very cool. And there's this, what's his name? Dr... I was going to say Octavius. That's Doc That's Doc Ock. That's Doc Ock. Uh, but there's this other doctor in it that actually like shrinks people and has them in jars and stuff. Completely off the wall. Nothing to do with the book. I love him. <laughs> but he's really weird because like, uh, he walks into a place, for instance. He's like, uh, somebody asks him if he wants a drink. He's like, well, that is my only vice. So he takes a drink. And then later on, somebody asks him, asks him if he wants a cigar. He's like, well, that is my only vice. It takes a cigar. <laughs> he does it three times. Like, well, that is my only vice. And then he does that, it anyways. That's kind of funny for a character, though. Like... In the 30s. <laughs> it's great. And well, then, like like I said, he just has jars. Do you want a whore? People. Well, that is, is my, my only vice. vice. You want this bump of Coke? Well, that, that is, is my, my only vice. vice. It's like, well, it is Tuesday. Yeah. I might as well do this blow. Yeah. <laughs> uh, very good. Uh, very good humor. And like, I'm going to start saying that. It is my only vice. Oh, it's great, dude. You need to watch the movie. They're like 45 minutes long. 
All right. Those old horror movies are, man. Uh, let me see. Oh, Mary Shelley is actually oh, actually opens the movie. The author of the book. Right. Uh, it's just her. It's this really over the top regal speech they're having. It's her and two guys. Because of course it has to be regal. Yes, in a palace, just talking about how she came up with such a horrible story, even though she's this young, beautiful girl. And uh, she is the actress that actually plays the bride at the end of the movie. Oh. So Mary Shelley is the bride of Frankenstein. Kind of. This I poetic, never knew that. Yeah. It's a loop. Yeah. It's very cool. Uh, but man, for all those people that are like, man, the bride and the monster together forever. The bride's a fucking bitch. <laughs> do you, Do you think that when she was originally writing uh, the original story of Frankenstein, she was like, I would totally fuck this guy? Must have. Uh, well, no, apparently not, because... I mean, at the end, that's like the big... what, if, what if in her mind it was supposed to be like he's the hero, like on, on a hilltop with lightning behind him. Like, yes, I am the true righteous one. You know, in her head, like nine foot of dick. Yeah, not... just like nine foot dick. Well, okay. Why would you stop at the average seven inches when you can be like, I can patchwork more dicks? Yes, <laughs> it's actually nine separate dicks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> one from every kind of person. <laughs> Oh, that's disgusting. Once um, you go black, Asian, <laughs> white, Native American, you die happy. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, that's the big thing. That at the will end. kill you. Yeah, I would hope so. You <laughs> deserve it. Um, <laughs> what the fuck was I talking about? Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah, that was a mistake. Uh, how she how she played the bride. Oh yeah, the bride. But that's the big thing. Like in the book, uh, at one point, the monster decides. That's the only thing that will make his life with living. Yeah, he 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 wants a companion. Yeah, he he. So he kidnaps the doctor's wife. No, he kidnaps the doctor. Oh yeah, yeah. And the, forces the doctor to make him a companion. Then the doctor. And after after he actually gets the body together and stuff, he just terminates it, destroys it all. Yeah, he he see he sees her and is like, I already made this mistake once. Why would I? Even though the guy has done nothing against him at this point, except for go, hey, you created me. Now make me a partner. Yeah. And he's like, I'm gonna kill both of you. After he sees that the thing is happy and will leave everybody alone, he torches the place. Yeah, uh, and that's when the the monster goes and kills his wife. Yeah, but to be fair, kind of had it coming. Oh yeah. But in this, he actually goes through and creates the bride. Well, he and creates the bride, the bride in, the, in the book. Yeah, it never actually draws breath. I don't think in the book. Just as it draws breath, is, is that what it is? The monster. Well, is. it actually it, it functions and yeah, yeah, it survives in the movie, and uh, it sees. Like, the monster's so happy. He smiles. He walks up. He's like, friend. Friend. Tries to grab her hand. She looks at him. Looks at the doctor. Screams her fucking head off. Goes and hides at the doctor. And, like, after, like, five minutes, the monster's just like... We, he literally just looks at, like, the doctor and the bride. He's like, we belong dead. And then tears the fucking place down kills everybody. Huh. Very sad. Very touching. It is such a tragic story in the movies. It is done so well. Like, I don't see how that really ever inspired horror in people seeing the monster. Because it's such a tragic tragic story yeah like Frankenstein has always been if it's done right it, you are supposed to sympathize with the monster yeah and it's done very right in this hell the first time he kills in the first movie it's because he's getting whipped yeah yeah by the it's not Igor I can't remember the, the name of the servant but uh yeah I mean he whips him and tortures him so eventually he just hangs him with the whip that he was being tortured with it's very yeah. symbolic and it works really well uh yeah watch him they're great I so what, what came after Frankenstein uh, werewolf in London came in 1935. It was Universal's first attempt at a werewolf. Okay. Um, which is probably why uh, I'll get to. I'll get to. Yeah, their most successful attempt didn't come till six years later. Yeah. Uh, then the Raven, 1935, also starring Boris Karloff. They kept this dude in well, in work. If if a guy is good at horror, you keep him around for a while. Yeah, I mean that, it, that's what you're specializing. He was typecast in. like crazy. I don't well, think he did anything else really. Well, think of. Uh, uh, of Alfred Hitchcock's work, how many was Jimmy Page in? 
I don't know. He was in a lot. Like Led Zeppelin, Jimmy Page? No, I'm, I said the wrong last name. Jimmy, uh, uh, what the fuck is the dude's name in uh, in Vertigo, in Rear Window? Stairway in to Heaven. Bur- no, in Bird. Oh, Robert Plant. No, it's Jimmy something. That's the other guy from Led Zeppelin. I don't know, man. I've never seen any of those. I've seen Birds. I never got into Hitchcock, man. I see. I loved Hitchcock. Uh, let's see. After that uh, was The Invisible Ray. So I was like, I, I don't know what that is. Maybe it's something to do with The Invisible Man because they'd already sequeled uh, Frankenstein. It, it was the first uh, ocean horror movie. Where what, what it, was uh, Invisible Ray? No. Yeah, it, it was an no. invisible manta ray that was killing people. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> also, rest in peace. Jimmy Steve Stewart. Irwin. Oh, okay. Jimmy Stewart is the guy who I was thinking of. Not Jimmy Page. No. Uh, yeah, it had nothing to do with the Invisible Man. Turns out it was a movie about one Doctor Rook, who invents a telescope that can see into the Andromeda galaxy, where they find rays of light that can see into Earth's past. Really? Yeah. Huh. That's weird. I didn't know they ever really went into the sci-fi stuff so much. Yeah, that that seems well. In the early 1900s is when H.P. Uh, Lovecraft really started booming, like especially the 20s and 30s. Mm-hmm. And so his thing was sci-fi horror. He's the one that kind of got a jump start on that uh, on that genre. Mm-hmm. Um, don't get me wrong, other people had done it before, obviously, with Mary Shelley, with Frankenstein, that I would consider sci-fi horror, with uh, The Time Machine, which does deal with time, which is, uh, I'm going to forget the fucking author's name as soon as it comes to mind. Uh, but it dealt with, you know, time travel and the horrors of it. And so it kind of makes sense that during that time, they were thinking a lot about sci-fi and how horrific it can be. Whereas today we think of sci-fi and we think of heroes and Star Wars and Star Trek and the wonders that it can bring. But back then it was sci-fi well, those, scary those as shit. poor bastards never had a lightsaber. Yeah. That's why. Um, let's see. Where were we? Oh, uh, 1936 saw Dracula's Daughter. Uh, it was the first Dracula movie without Lugosi. Oh, okay. Yeah. So uh, then The Night Key in 1937 and The Phantom Creep, which is kind of a lame name, in 1939. That ends that decade. So there were some huge, huge heavy hitters, but the rest is kind of stuff that never really lived on. Right. Um, well, I guess Werewolf in London is pretty renowned. I've heard that name quite a bit. Um, yeah, they, they, Mainly the song. There was a remake of it as well in the, uh, I think... 80s, 90s? Didn't they just do one with Anthony Hopkins? Uh, I heard that was really bad. No, though. that was The Wolfman. Oh, that was the actual... Oh, that was The Wolfman. Yeah, that was okay. a remake. Did you ever watch it? I did. Any good? It was all right. I heard it was really bad. Not, it looked cool. It's not the It's not the best by any stretch, but if you, is, get, if you get drunk, it's entertaining. Is the werewolf still wearing a flannel t-shirt? I don't recall. I think so at one point. Good. <laughs> um, then we move on to the 1940s, and this it started out with a sequel to The Invisible Man. Okay. I think called The Invisible Man Returns or something like that. And it's so, it kind of set the precedent for that decade. That decade saw 11 sequels to already established horror movies. <laughs> well, I mean, we saw, uh, was it the, um, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't miss one. In 1939, we saw the last of Boris Karloff's Frankenstein movies with Son of Frankenstein. Sorry, right. I didn't forget to mention that one. But there were more Frankenstein, uh, there's the Ghost of Frankenstein, stuff like that that followed. Well, there, there was there's a lot of sequels where they ma- mix and matched monsters as well. Yeah, I'll get there. But uh, it's like I said, eleven sequels, two spinoffs, as in the Invisible Woman, 
which I did not know was a thing. Uh, nope. And the She-Wolf of London. Okay. Also didn't know that was a thing. Neither did I. And then we got to a slew of crossovers, like you were starting to say. Right. Uh, Wolfman meets Frankenstein was the very first one, which is kind of strange because the Wolfman only came out like a year earlier, I believe. Uh, it came out in 42. 42, yeah. No, 41, 41. 41? And this yeah. came This came out in 44. So three years after that. After Wolfman was out, they knew that they had actually captured that kind of magic again with Dracula and Frankenstein, that they immediately put him on the same plane. Yeah. You never saw the Invisible Man meets Dracula, you know? Well, it's because you're only paying attention to half the scenery. Still be funny. I'd watch that movie. <laughs> um, so what do you guys say about the Wolfman? Uh, so... The Wolfman, the the story is, you know, your classic story of Guy finds out that his brother has died, and so he goes back to Wales, which is, you know, London and all that. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, Werewolf in London, probably why they went back to Wales for this one is probably. They, they tested it once before, and it just makes Twice sense. Twice before, because that was after She-Wolf in London, yeah, that's, too. That, so. I guess that's which, true. I'm assuming it wasn't a smashing success. Probably not. Yeah. Um, but, uh... The the main character goes to, uh, I'm gonna try to pronounce this Leah Well Leon Welly Wales, mm -hmm. um, and meets up with his father Sir John Talbot, and there's obviously all this wolf lore, and he talks to a girl that he like the romantic interest called Gwen Conliffe, who runs an antique shop, and as kind of a pretext to talk to her, he buys this cane that has a silver headed wolf on it. Mm -hmm. And she tells him that it represents a werewolf, which she defines as a man who changes into a wolf, quote, at certain times of the year. Spoiler alert, it's full moon. Right. She doesn't go into it at that right. point. Throughout the entire movie, every time the wolfman or the werewolf gets mentioned, different villagers will start to say this one poem. Every man who is pure at heart and says his prayers by night may become a wolf when the wolf's bane bloom and the autumn moon is bright. Um, and it's said throughout the entire movie, every time the werewolf is brought up. Doesn't that kind of put the werewolf in a better light, though, than they want to? Uh, how do you figure? Well, it's like good men can turn into werewolves. Well, yeah, that, that's the whole point of, of it, is sometimes the best of men can become monsters against their own will. Oh, okay. That, that's the whole horrific thing about the wolfman. Um, but... Later on in the story, um, the main character tries to save Gwen's uh, brother from being attacked by a wolf, beats it to death with his cane, with his silver-headed cane, but gets bit in the process. And that's what starts... If you're going to kill a wolf, you're going to want to do it like that. That's yeah. That's pretty badass. Yeah, right? Yeah. Or punch it with a bear trap somehow. Um, but that's what starts the whole chain of events that happens throughout the movie, it is him getting... Yeah, bit. Right. Thinking that this is all mumbo-jumbo bullshit and... Uh, the brother dies. Uh -huh. Um But, yeah. Uh, uh, he ends up going, like... It's so weird, because he ends up going to, like, a fortune teller, a gypsy fortune te teller named Maleva, or Maleva, M-A-L-E-V-A. -E uh, sure. Played by Maria Ospinskaya. That's almost as good as 12 Trees. Right. Um, reveals to the main character, Larry, that the animal which bit him was actually her son, Bella played by Bella Lugosi. Nice! Uh, in the form of a wolf. 
Um, which I did not know that Bella Lugosi was in I this movie either, until actually. I did this research. Yeah, he played the werewolf that bit the guy that becomes the Wolfman. Well, you know, he's supposed to be the first uh, Frankenstein monster, right? I did not know Lugosi that. Lugosi was, uh, but he didn't want to be in anything that would hide his face. And then, uh, so he found Car- they found Karloff, which the director wanted more anyways. And uh, then he saw how big that movie got, and he could have been you know, two of the most famous monsters in the world. That's why after Karloff retired, the first person to dress up as the monster after Karloff was Lugosi. Okay. And uh, I think it's Ghost of Frankenstein. All right. Um, in, in The Wolfman, he ends up uh, attacking Gwen. And at that point, his father's like, like, enough is enough, grabs the cane that he killed the first werewolf with, and beats him to death with it. Like, his father beats him to death with his own walking stick. Classy. Yeah. It's depressing. And that's how the movie ends. So how's he back in the sequels? Uh, Another loophole? Yeah. Ah, fuck, we killed him off, but we kind of need him back to make money. Yeah, he ended up coming back in four different sequels. Uh, Like you said, Frankenstein Meets the Wolfman, which came out in 43. He's in House of Frankenstein. Um, uh, This little bit I'm going to read straight from Wikipedia. The full moon, which had not been shown or mentioned in the first film, was used as a quasi-explanation for the monster's resurrection, and the poem known to the villagers was retconned to mention the full moon, uh, so that last line became, and the moon is full and bright. So, in the original movie... It was not no the full, full moon. No full moon whatsoever. No. That's crazy. Something's been added on ever since, so much so that everybody thinks it's part of the original lore. Right. That's crazy, man. Um, in more recent years, they've kind of started doing away with it has to be full moon. Um, especially with different RPGs and movies. Well, like, I mean, Skyrim doesn't count, but... Well, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about Werewolf the Forsaken. There's a fucking full moon on that package right there. The Wolfman action figure, there's a wolf howling in front of a full moon. Right. False advertising. Yeah. I got ripped off from it. Um, but he comes back also in House of Frankenstein in 44. Mm-hmm. Uh, House of Dracula in 45, and then the comedy film Abbott and Costello Meet Frankenstein in 48. Yeah, the Abbott and Costello movies are uh, kind of what rounded out the 40s. Yeah. Uh, never, yeah I've never got to see any of them. It's kind of what ended the whole horror genre when Not it quite. came to Universal. Not quite. No? No, they made it into the 50s because we're missing one last heavy hitter. A uh, Swamp Thing. Uh, Creature from the Black Lagoon. That's what I meant. Uh, 1954. Which, uh, I watched half of it recently with my son because he loves his old Monster right. movies. And uh, it is half swimming. I believe it. Well, that's half the movie right there. I, I mean, people watch a bunch of stuff that's just half swimming. The Olympics? Well, I would... Yes. <laughs> that's half the Olympics, right? Swimming? <laughs> not not what I was going for, but... Uh... But we covered... Let me see. 20s, 30s, 40s, 50s. Three of those decades, they spawned at least one, and most of them several. Yeah. Gigantic myths that still go on to this day. Oh, yeah. Except for the creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, once again, most that? of those, you know, that's when it became a movie trope, but most of those spawned from literature. Right. Um, I know that werewolves actually come from old old, old mythologies. Oh, yeah. Uh, dating back to Greek mythology mm-hmm. and uh, biblical. Same with vampires. Like, were- werewolves are kind of mentioned, like, the, the stasis of werewolfism, it's not given that name, but it's kind of mentioned in uh, the Old Testament. I went to a lot of church as a kid, and he never preached about werewolves. Uh, that's because they didn't specifically say Otherwise, werewolves, but men I'd still that be going to church, beasts. Robert. But um, yeah, Dracula's gone. Or, or Dracula's. Vampire's Na- gone. Native American shot. Uh, 
old folklore has people that turn into animals skin and vice walkers. versa. There's skinwalkers, the witch uh, skinwalkers of uh, Europe, the gypsy skinwalker. Like, there's so many different, quote, skinwalker stuff. But, like... Native American skinwalkers, if you get into that, are some of the freaky shit you oh, ever yeah. hear. That stuff oh, yeah. freak you out, dude. And, and so that is probably one of the few monsters that was born during that era that wasn't based off of literature but old mythology, like something even more primal to fear is the monster in the woods. Was it based off of a novel? No. All? Yeah, I think so. That was the, really their first big At least not that I've probably. been able to find in my research. Right. Because obviously Frankenstein and Dracula, Bram Stoker and Mary Shelley. Shelley. Uh, right. I think uh, I said Strokula or something like that. Yeah. Stroker, not Strokula. Although, Count Strokula. That'd be a good movie. It's the guy in the cape getting a handjob. <laughs> um, the Mummy came about because around that time is when we were doing a lot more of the Egyptian discovery. Yeah, excavations with our, and stuff, yeah. yes. Uh, and so that made sense, the, the fear of the unknown. And well, then to be fair, a lot of people that opened up a lot of those tombs would die. Well, so they're like, oh, these are cursed. Turns out, germs. Mold. Yeah, and mold shit. Yeah. Wear a mask, dumbass. <laughs> but they're like, had to be magic. Yeah. Obviously, that corpse is gonna, that corpse told me so. Yeah. And now he's walking towards us. Be, uh, be wary all ye who enter and shit like that. Yeah. But all I see is a, a bird with a human body. Yeah, fucking creepy. Who's drinking and throwing up. That's scarier than the mummy. Yeah. What's it mean? I don't know. So, uh, apparently people partied hard he died shit faced that's yeah. all it means why are you guys scared he's a party dude he's like Michelangelo from the Ninja Turtles <laughs> oh um, Horace we did mention uh, ripping my brother off for this special uh, episode and doing a then and now beer review because <laughs> you bought a mixed drink yes and I'm not gonna lie we already tried it once but I want another one so let's do oh, this oh yeah yeah um, we are drinking uh, Colorado Bulldogs for those that don't know what a Colorado Bulldog is it is a white Russian with a splash of coke if you don't know what a white Russian is it's Kahlua vodka and cream uh, that's what makes a white Russian so, I feel bad for liking this because I'm a real when it comes to booze I'm a real meat and potatoes kind of guy like give me some whiskey and beer and I'm more than good right uh, this was actually the first legal drink that I had was a Colorado Bulldog uh, mine was uh, Jameson Irish whiskey that shit will put you on your ass, man. Yes. Maybe that's why. <laughs> different beginnings create different drinkers. Oh, don't get me wrong. Like, I drank a lot of stuff that night. Just This was my first drink, and I tended to like it. And so anytime I go out to a bar or whatever, I, I will order one of these before I start heavy drinking. A Kahlua White Russian pre-made in a bottle. If you just open it, smell it, smell it though. It smells like booze. Like, yeah. it smells like straight liquor. It's weird. Like, you just smell the vodka. Um, are we on to the end? We can go on to the end, yes. All right. Have one drink before we go on to the end. Tis the season. You know what they say. Tis the season? Yeah. Spooky season? Yeah, to get drunk. Yeah. Can't be scared if you're drunk. Not true. Cheers. (laughs) Been there. I was drunk that time that guy broke into my house. Yeah. Also pantsless. Didn't you tell me he came back? Yeah, he came back. While we were recording an episode of uh, Hold My Beer. Hmm. He uh, wanted to scatter his dad's ashes by the window in the living room. <laughs> I told him to go for it. <laughs> I, he, he was in a fire or something. He looks like Deadpool unmasked now. Really? Yeah. yeah. Which makes him creepier, <laughs> turns out. He went to shake my head, and I was like, nah, it looks slimy. Do you look like the man who smiles? No. He oh. looked like Deadpool with his mask off. That's not an exaggeration. I'm serious. Oh, okay. Yeah. No superpowers, though. Uh, he a, left a uh, balaclava in my uh, front yard. You know, the mask that completely covers your face? Which yeah. means he's probably going to rape me. 
Yeah, I I don't know. That that whole story is creepy in and of itself. Yeah. Glad you brought it up. I, I really didn't feel like sleeping tonight anyway. So. <laughs> Got to have a couple more white rations. Um, so for the end, you want to do a couple of, go over a couple of spoof movies? Yeah, go ahead. Because there's really nothing in video games. Uh, there was there were a couple of video games, but... I mean, if you wanted to get into some like side stuff with vampires, Vampire the Masquerade is my favorite pen and paper RPG of all time. Uh, it, going along with that, in, in the same universe, Werewolf the Forsaken... Never got to play it. Uh, see, I really enjoyed it. It, it, Ow. it takes on much more of a mystical side of the werewolf right. stuff. Um, All which, I know is if you're in Vampire and you run into werewolves, they're going to fuck you up. They're very overpowered. Or at least the DM made them that way. Then the DM know. made them that way. Very because they're, they're actually made to be played side by side. So right. you can actually have werewolves, vampires, changelings, oh, no, uh, constructs all playing together. Right. There's a companion piece that was... Uh, I can't remember what they called it, but it was pretty much Vampire Armageddon. And he got it from that book, and it was like, the, the pretty much it was the werewolf's fault. So the ones that came were like super strong and badass. And we either had to beat them or the world came to an end. That, that would make sense why those were so yeah. strong then. Um, I always played a Malkavian, which, okay. are, which is crazy. They're just crazy. But right. they always had these weird insights and stuff. Because like, like, you can see in real life with insanity comes some deep introspectives that normal people won't get, but there's also a lot of drawing with your own feces on a wall. A lot of H.P. Lovecraft touches on that. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it talks about the, the while being insane, just the knowledge that you get from the insanity that you're receiving. Okay, yeah, it's kind of like that. I had one that, uh, there's a guy in our campaign, our group, that uh, he's in a hover-round, mm-hmm. you know, an electric wheelchair, and uh, I didn't feel like walking, so I just jumped on the back, and he told me to get off. I was like, no! He's like, no, I'm serious, get off. I was like, no. And the guy playing the character actually got legitimately annoyed with me because I just refused to get off his hover chair. So he pulled a gun on me, in-game, in-game. And he's like, get down. I was like, no, I'm not a dog. I'm a man. That's why I'm on the back of this hover chair. And he shot me in the face. Uh, see, that with, with Werewolf, that wouldn't work because the second you start getting me angry, I'm biting. Oh, I wasn't done. I still held on with one hand, and he's dragging me behind him, but I held on with the one hand. And I just, like, he looked at me as all bleeding and stuff. I was like, No. And he shot me in the face again. I went to a blood frenzy and ate an entire Hot Topics worth of people. Nice. Yeah. Good story. <laughs> um, character never even, never even had a name. I the, stole a school bus once, too. The character that I played also is one of those that um, got a lot of insight. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were born, or they're, with werewolves, they get different abilities based off of their first turn, what phase of the moon. Um, it, What phase the moon is in when they first turn uh-huh. determines what different abilities they can get and mine made it to where it was like a, a waxing or waning gibbous um, which is almost full and mm-hmm. it made it to where they get insight of the future okay yeah I think there's a a Malkavian perk where you can get that um, that's something we need to do can you get the PDFs of those yeah uh, the main werewolf and vampire I book I think I still own I them. still have my vampire book I think I still own them somewhere but uh, before the end of the month, or like for Halloween, like me, you, Yams, and Kelly should probably sit down and have a quick game. I would, and I would record totally it. Know that. Just release it as a special episode underneath Hold My Beer and then an hour yeah. or something. That'd be a good time. Uh, anyways, like I said, spoof movies. Yeah. That's what we were talking about. Uh, they, really, there's only two that I really watched a lot as a kid. Uh, one, both Mel Brooks. Uh, one was Dracula Dead and Loving It, which I just recently found and rewatched, and it does not hold up. <laughs> it's still, I mean, I don't regret watching it. Last week when I talked to you about it, you were so excited to watch I it. I was. Mel, Mel Brooks plays Van Helsing. Okay. Uh, and Leslie Nielsen plays Dracula. And uh, 
the guy from Ghostbusters 2, Janusz, yeah? uh, plays the Igor-like character. Like the hunchback assistant. It kind of makes sense. It does. There are some great scenes with him. He's hilarious. Like, at one point, he's just eating bugs. Uh, well, he's talking to... He's in a, He's locked in an uh, asylum. Right. And uh, he's sitting there trying to get out, and, like, at first he sees a fly, and he grabs it and eats it. And the guy's like, what did you do? He's like, nothing. I did nothing. And then he just kind of swallows real quick, and then he sees a spider. He grabs it and eats it, and the guy's like, did you just eat that spider? He's like, hmm. But won't open his mouth. And then a cricket jumps on that guy's plate, and he grabs it and shoves it in his mouth, and you see the giant leg hanging out. He's like, did you just eat that cricket? He's like, no. What's, what's... He's like, I can see it, wiggling about, trying to escape your mouth right now. And you, just, you hear him bite down and crunch, and like a little bit of ooze comes out. He's like, hmm. Uh-uh. <laughs> open his mouth. Like, stuff like that. It's well, very silly, but there, it's funny. Well, that scene is actually based off of a scene from the actual book. One of, one of Dracula. I've never read the actual Dracula book. No? Uh-uh. Oh, you should d- definitely give it a read. Because yeah. uh, there's a character that's in prison, uh, which I'm guessing this character is based off of. That'd be my guess. Um, who is a thrall of, yeah. uh, of Dracula. Dracula mm-hmm. And he's going insane. Like, the, it's this doctor that is talking to him, and so the doctor's writing down all of this crazy shit that's going on with him, and he finds out that the guy's just eating insects at this point. Yeah, and so that's got to be exactly what that's from. Yeah. yeah, which I don't think is in the movie, the original movie. Uh, so that's kind of cool. They yeah. actually went back to some of the source material. Yeah, uh, there, like I said, there's some really good scenes. Lots of cleavage. Oh, you can't have a vampire movie. So yeah, cleavage. they know that part. And Leslie Nielsen's kind of always fun to watch, but they, uh, you know, sorry to cut you off, but talking about cleavage, there there was this interesting paper. No, I, I have something going here. Okay, there was this paper that I read when I was in college talking about vampires and why uh, for the longest time, like especially in the media, we were so obsessed with vampires. And it's because vampires are the sexiest of the monsters. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, just think of the intimacy of someone being on just your neck on you. ju- to be able to bite you in the first place. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of almost erotic stuff. Well, think of all the seduction and stuff that takes place before and like Dracula could just look at you, and all of a sudden, you were willing to have him suck on your neck. Yeah, with... Like, uh, you were happy to do it? There, there's one character, I think her name's Lucy. It, it's not the main chick, but it's her best friend that mm. it has, like, four different suitors. And Dracula ends up seducing her, and in the uh, movie with Keanu Reeves... Never watched that one. Dracula I did. 2000? Yeah, I did. I I, no, it's not Dracula 2000. Oh, no, that was... I did watch Dracula it, it was. It was just Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah, that's right. Um, Like... They changed Gary Oldman with head boobs. Yeah, yeah. They they changed the scene where he bites her to uh, the main girl is looking for, and he she finds her out in like the garden getting plowed by a Wolfman Dracula. What? Yeah. <laughs> what? Why? Uh, I don't know. Where'd the Wolfman Dracula come from? It's it's Dracula. Like he has a beast form. Uh, whatever. So don't watch it. Is what you're Actually, I kind of watch it. I kind of want to watch it now. It, it it it's so bad, it's good. Yeah, I might have like to give Keanu that a go Reeves bit. acting alone. I've heard his accent from it. Oh my god, it's pretty good. <laughs> uh, but the the real winner in that category has to be uh, Young Frankenstein. Yeah. Have you ever seen that and watched it? If I have. Blue, and you don't know. Uh, see, I'm not the biggest fan of it. Oh, I don't, really? I, I don't know why. It just it never rang out to me. I've tried watching it so many times, and every time I watch it. I can sit there with a coffee and a Red Bull and crack, and I would still fall asleep. I don't care. I love that movie so much. Every time somebody says Frankenstein, a horse neighs. No, that's not Frankenstein that causes. Or no, it's the girls. It's the girl. Yeah, it, it's yeah. it's Frau uh, Gluten, whatever. It's because her name means glue. Yeah, which is why. But even when they're inside that castle, 
nowhere near a fucking horse. Somebody says her name and you still hear it. Yeah. Uh, simple jokes like that. Uh, and just Gene Wilder and it's amazing. Abby normal. <laughs> um, uh, the, uh, the, there's, there's dad a... from everybody loves Raymond played the monster. He even did a good job. Right. There's a scene, um, that is completely ad lib in that made it into the movie where Igor throughout all of the shooting had, oh, the had worn his hump on one side. And then without telling Gene Wilder, um, he moved it. Mm-hmm. And so the scene where the, the hump is moved and Gene Wilder's character, uh, Frankenstein mm-hmm. sees it and he pauses and he points to the shoulder where it was. And then back, it, that's completely ad lib. Like, like, that's didn't it. Your hump used to be on the other side. He's like, what hump? Yeah. And just looks at the camera, and then the scene ends. Yeah, that that was a legit. I did not know reaction. that was ad libbed. Yeah, that's great. That is great. <laughs> what hump? And it's fucking huge. Yeah, um, yeah. I, I really enjoyed the movie quite a bit. I'm surprised you didn't like it. Honestly, yeah. I always fall asleep. It, like, if I'm, that makes you fall asleep, don't watch Bride of Frankenstein. You'll probably pass out too. Okay. <laughs> so, and then we have the slightly depressing now. Uh, slightly depressing now. I would only say that it's slightly depressing because these monsters that are so iconic, they've had trouble showing them right. I did find out one thing. You know, I mean, yeah, they recently tried to reboot them into like an Avengers-style universe, which I don't want to see. Uh, oh, wait, wait. There's there's one more movie that I want to talk about in the end. Monster Squad. Wolfman has nards? Wolfman has nards. Only part of that movie I know. I've never <laughs> seen it. Yeah, it has Dracula, um, the mummy, Wolfman, and Frankenstein. And once again, Frankenstein is a, a, a good character. Like, he's oh, really? a good guy in it. Uh, but like at one point, Dracula's choke holding this little girl and call, like screams that she's a bitch to her face. Like seriously? Yeah, it's like the all, everything that's great and horrible about the '80s all rolled into one movie. Huh. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Okay. You will not beat me, you bitch. You're like an eight-year-old kid. <laughs> yeah. That's great. Uh, they they like part of uh, the thing about Monster Squad is they've got to have this medallion. Uh, be held by a virgin who says like this certain code and I don't know why the virgin has to be female they never mention it in the movie it but, doesn't everything but they they go to this one girl who's like yeah I, I'm a virgin and like they give her the medallion and she says the shit and nothing happens and the her brother goes I thought you were a virgin and he, she goes well Jimmy didn't count <laughs> <laughs> yeah and so uh, all of these boys who are like obviously virgins go well what about her and points to the little girl <laughs> the, the same nine year that nine year old bitch. Yeah, the no. the girl that gets choke held and <laughs> gets screamed at that she's a bitch by Dracula. It's intense, man. <laughs> For a kids movie, yeah. What was it rated? Uh, I think it was rated like PG, P- PG or PG thirteen. Well, thirteen, which makes sense. the rating system and what it's become, it, it, it's it's faulty now. Well, this isn't now, huh? This isn't now though. That was in the eighties. All right. So, but a little more accountable then. Yeah. Uh, now it, it's completely fucked. And yeah. it, if anybody wants to hear my rant, let me know, and I'll go on a fucking rant about the rating system. In well, the I'm not in the room because I don't care. Um, uh, no, the you know the first big thing, going back to the now, the first big thing to kind of resuscitate all this, you know what it was? Hmm. Van Helsing starring Wolverine. Yeah. That was it. That was universal, man. Was that universal? Yes. Actually, that might not have been first. The Mummy might have been first. Brendan Fraser's yeah. Mummy. Yeah, Mummy, mummy was definitely first. Yeah, but I saw Van, uh, Van Helsing on there. I was like, that was them? Yeah. Oh, I liked that movie when it came out because of all the cleavage. Yeah, one, one, once again. In hindsight, it's not a good movie, Robert. No. Uh, oh, man, my wife loves the Mummy movies, though. <laughs> all three of them. I saw the third one in the theaters, the one with Jet Li. Yeah. I fell asleep. Only time I remember ever falling asleep during a movie in a theater. Huh. 
It's not good. Um, but, I mean, the first one was fun, and it caught on pretty big when it first came out. I think both of them did. Yeah. Um, I don't think it held up very well. Van Van Helsing, I, I enjoyed. It, it, it was... Dumb fun? It was dumb fun, yes, because it had, like, Dracula, it had the Wolfman, it had Frankenstein, it... It was like they tried to do Monster Squad set in a time period. A little more like the House of Frankenstein that they actually invented, Robert. Not the Monster Squad. <laughs> Give him a little more credit than that. Uh, and then, yeah, more recently with, like, I, Frankenstein was the first one that I believe flopped. And then Dracula Untold, which flopped. Well, if and we're their big about, thing to do was... If we're talking about just the monsters themselves, then we're missing a lot of stuff because Bl- Blade Trinity... Had Dracula, yeah. Uh, where Blade becomes like the new king of vampires. More importantly, Triple H is working for Dracula. Yes. Or working against Dracula? No, working with. Whatever. Um, yeah. <laughs> he has metal teeth. Just think of all the. Va- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Good movie. Uh, vampire Pomeranians. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Yeah, Vampire uh, Pomeranians and Rottweilers. Yes. Um, uh, yeah, I don't think we have time to go into every vampire movie. No. Um, one that I would like to talk about. They've had to have had the. the uh, most amount of movies. That had to be, like, by far away the biggest thing to come from that. Uh, vampires? Those original decades, yeah. Oh, yeah, definitely, because uh, Interview with a Vampire, uh, uh, any, uh, what's that author's name? That, Anne Rice. Anne Rice. Anne Rice, like, majorly yeah, hit on the vampire stuff. Yeah, Queen of the Damned. Yep. Um, one that I would actually not mind talking about, uh, the Underworld series. That yeah. That has Kate Beckinsale in leather. That's the only good part of those movies, Robert. Uh, I'm not disagreeing. I've watched every <laughs> single movie. I'm not a Kate Beckinsale fan, but I am a Kate Beckinsale and Leather fan. <laughs> Kate the... Beckinsale and Leather is a different person than Kate Beckinsale. I'll watch anything with Kate Beckinsale and Leather. That's, that's <laughs> great, Robert. Uh, I watched the first two and a half. I, I loved the first one when it first came out because I was in my goth phase, you know? Yes, so was I. Same thing with, like, Queen of the Damned. It's not a good movie. No. It's great when you're a goth kid. I- Interview with a Vampire the soundtrack. is... the Interview with a Vampire is a much better movie. Yeah, I liked it quite a bit. Uh, Tom, Tom Cruise and uh, Brad Pitt and Brad Pitt and Kristen Dunst. Yeah, she, she played Dunst. a little girl. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. Queen of the Damned does not hold up from what I remember. It has been a while since I've seen it. I I never enjoyed Queen of the Damned. Dude, you had Jonathan Davis from Corn singing all those songs in the movie. Yeah, uh, rock, I, rock I, and roll. I, I never enjoyed that movie. Rock and roll. Um, if we're talking about uh, werewolves, and there was werewolf in London, werewolf in France. Uh, the the Wolfman with Benicio El, uh, del Toro and Emily Blunt, who I believe is one of the most beautiful women in Hollywood. Not for sure who that is. Uh, I have a picture of her right now. Yeah, it's not ringing a bell. I have no idea who that Seriously? is. Seriously? Yeah. Oh, sorry. Uh, yeah, she she's like my number three uh, of Hollywood. Well, now I gotta go. I, I have to know who two and one is. Unfortunately. Uh, n- number two is Black Widow. Scarlett Johansson. Scarlett Johansson. Okay. Uh, number one. Is uh, you've seen Daredevil? Yes. The girl that plays Karen, um, Deborah Ann Wool is her name. Beautiful, beautiful blonde with blue eyes. Uh, she was also in a werewolf show uh, on, I think it was HBO. That's your number one. Have you seen her? Yeah. Yes. Not attractive at all. I disagree. Don't you, show me a picture. I know what she looks like. I'm not going to agree with you. Apparently, you don't. What is wrong with you? I mean, yeah, Matt Murdock might think she's cute, but he's blind. I'm not blind, and I think that she is uh, insanely beautiful. Well, you're wrong. Um, number one? That, oh, yeah. What is wrong with you? Do you have a lawyer fetish? No. She's not a lawyer in the show, either. She works for one. I just That can't be right. You have to be mistaken. No. 
I'm 100% serious. Rosario Dawson is in that show. Uh, she's my number four. And this chick's your number one. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Oh, yeah. No. Yes. 100%. Deborah Ann Wool, if, if you ever hear this, I know that you're married, but give, give a guy a shot. You, the fact that you know <laughs> that she's married is kind of creepy. What? I, what? Every time... What? Okay, I'm on what? Twitter a lot. Oh, God. No, you're not. Or not on Twitter. Uh, Reddit. <laughs> I'm on Reddit a lot. And uh, on the subreddit of Gentleman Boners, she shows up a lot. What like, the fuck? It, it, Gentleman Boners is a subreddit that has women in classy dress. And she shows up a lot in it, and every time you get to the comments, it always mentions that she's married. That's how I know that she's married. I hate you, Robert. Um, why? No, nothing. Uh, you haven't nerdedly debate? Because I'd like to... <laughs> are, are you wanting to be done I'd with... I'd like to wrap this up now. <laughs> uh, I do have a nerdly debate. Good. Uh, we're quickly approaching Halloween. Uh, and because of it, I've decided that today we're going to create a horror movie. Okay. Uh, I'm living one right now. <laughs> using the same prompts, um, we're both going to create a horror movie. The key is to make this both scary and entertaining. So we're just going to work together to create the perfect No, no, no. Horror you're going to make one? No, let's I'm work together make No, one. that's why it's called a debate. No, we're going to work together. Okay. So the prompts, characters that we have to use. Mm-hmm. You can add other characters, but these characters have to be in there somewhere. Like the Virgin? No. Oh. I guess it'd be more slasher movie. Shaggy. Oh, no. Homer Simpson. No. Peter Parker. No. And Amy Wong from Futurama. Why? Because uh, the monster is the nerd's choice. So for yours, you get to make one. You get to pick whatever monster you want. In mine, I get to pick whatever I want. In locations, we at least have to have New York. And we at least have to have a plain or a swamp. Can we go back to your list? Uh, Shaggy, Homer Simpson, Peter Parker. No, I mean, like, who's number five? Oh. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I not really I put kidding. much I thought after I four. I don't care. Ugh. I was really it's probably Emma Watson. Really? No, really. Emma Stone. Emma Stone. Yeah, Emma Stone's hotter than Emma Watson. Huh? I said, yeah, Emma Stone's hotter than Emma Watson. Yeah, that's why, that's why I said her. I can't picture Emma Watson not as a 12-year-old, so. I can. That's gross. This, I didn't think of it like that. No, you're, no, you no, immediately the, went no, there. No, the look on your face you is what I meant. Because, oh, I have. No, like, no I said I no, can. Just makes me, it's because she's not a 12-year-old anymore. It really anymore. made it sound like you've already I've jerked seen off her pictures more of her. Stuff it's all, that, uh, I didn't. I wasn't going down yeah, that Yeah, sure road. you weren't. Yeah, you're <laughs> awful defensive. <laughs> you're awful accusatory. I was 12 at the time, too. It's fine. <laughs> also, yes. <laughs> All right, uh, Shaggy, Peter Parker, Homer Simpson, Homer Simpson and, Amy and Amy Wong. I was watching uh, Futurama and Simpsons uh, today. Oh, dropping acid? No. Oh. Today when I, I wrote this, so so I guess give us your story, or do you want me to start? Yeah, you start. I don't know. All right, so we're we're going to start uh, follow, by following Peter Parker. Peter Parker. Uh, with, with the Avengers, for whatever reason, they have to leave him behind in the middle of England, on this grassy plain, where he gets attacked. Oh, that's the kind of plane you meant? Yeah. Oh. What What did you think I meant? Like a flying plane? Like an airplane? No, no, no. Oh, okay. I mean, you can if you want. Okay. Because I didn't specify. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that would be even funnier for what I have in mind. Uh, but no, on a grassy plain, like the other Avengers have to go and they can't bring him along. Mm-hmm. And he gets attacked by a wolf. 
Cut to New York. Okay. Obviously, I did not put much thought into this. Like I was trying to tell you earlier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, Homer Simpson is visiting New York with his family. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I really don't have a good way of telling this story. <laughs> so I'm going to give you the long and short of it. Peter Parker yeah. is now the wolf spider. Right. Uh, Homer Simpson is the first to die. No, but he has a family. He does, and, and it's tragic. Uh, How you? Shaggy is our unsung hero. He He's the one that ends up saving Amy Wong at the last second. Yeah. That, that, that's, How do you defeat a spider wolf? Uh, with a spider wolf cane, of course. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay. So, oh, man, this is so stupid. It is. It is. Uh, <laughs> Like, I don't know how to tell a good story with those prompts, but it was like, yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> yeah, or not. You could not. We could not, but okay. then we would not have a uh, nerdly debate. Uh, all right, not all of these are going to be gold. We're going to start in Coolville High. Okay. Uh, where Shaggy is uh, sleeping in class. Of course. Where they introduce his new classmate. Amy Wong? Peter Parker. Okay. Uh, and they get to talking about the new myth that's popped up of the... Uh, Monster donut. It's a donut where if it bites you, you turn into a donut. Okay. So, uh, it, it sounds a little like rubber, which, which is the tire that kills people. Yeah, that's fine. But <laughs> no, it says arms and legs. Come on. Okay. Can, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for me being ridiculous. I'm, I'm not an animal here, Robert. <laughs> not to tell a good story. Um, Generally, I do too. Just I made it too weird for even myself. <laughs> they, they get talking about this myth and stuff, and well, Peter Parker's like, I have a camera. Let's go find it. We'll get some footage, and we'll prove that the donut monster is <laughs> hey, real. Hey, innocent person, I know that I have superpowers, but hey, you and I, we're, we're going looking for this monster together. I never said he had his powers. It's Peter Parker. But Peter Parker has powers. You didn't say that. Anyways, um, spoiler for later. <laughs> Maybe if I thought of it. <laughs> um, so they go out at night in the woods, and they hear this girl screaming. She's like, oh God, this donut monster's eating me, as you do. Uh, and they get there, and they find Amy Wong. What? In agony or pleasure? Agony. What's okay. wrong with you? <laughs> I guess if a, if a wolf Dracula can fuck a woman, a donut monster... How did donut monster... Well, if that it has teeth, I'm assuming that it has a tongue. Ah, dude. <laughs> this, time, this is how the donut eat you. Oh. <laughs> All my sugary frosting. Um, anyway, I, I still hold that Little Red Riding Hood, which is another uh, werewolf movie that recently came out. Uh, it is really a story about a uh, woman going into a world of dicks. I don't care. <laughs> Danny's brain just officially shut off. Like, Everyone wish... getting eaten by a donut. She's already half a person. Okay. No saving her. Okay. Right? And then, uh, so they start running. And finally they get back to town where they know they're safe. And Peter Parker's like, I gotta tell you something. I'm actually Spider-Man. And Shaggy's so high he doesn't know what a Spider-Man is. Uh, so he's like, just fuck it. Never mind. Puts on his hood. Goes into action back in the as woods. As soon as he puts on his mask, Shaggy starts freaking out. Oh, mask man! <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Here's my money. Take my money. Um, swings back into action, right? And as soon as he gets uh, the half body of Amy Wong, he hears the donut screaming in agony. And he finds <laughs> the donut half eaten from Homer Simpson. The end. Uh, Who's the real monster? <laughs> yeah. Is it Homer? Is it the donut monster? Well, the donut monster did eat a person. Yeah. That's what I had to work with, Robert, okay? <laughs> oh, wait. Uh, yeah. Uh, 
There's also a plane nearby flying over them. Okay, so. you, you never once mentioned New York, so you lose. No, you said New York or a plane. I just said there's a plane flying no, over No, no, I said New York and... No, a, you said or. No, I said You and. said or. I said and. Fix it in post. <laughs> you happy now? All right, so that's our nerdly debate. Mm-hmm. Uh, I couldn't come up with a good story because I was too busy laughing just at the ridiculousness yeah, of it. <laughs> ridiculous premise, Robert. <laughs> or say you did bad. Uh... In in my defense, like I said, I I tried thinking of one right before coming over, just so I wouldn't overplan like I've done in the past. So you underplanned. So I completely underplanned, and then like after hearing myself say it out loud, I just couldn't. What stop. did I do? <laughs> I just couldn't stop laughing at the yeah. premise. Well, if you got a better better story, just email it to us. Yeah. Because uh, uh, once again, those prompts are Shaggy, Homer Simpson, Peter Parker, Amy Wong. The monster is your choice. And the locations are New York and a plane or a swamp. Yeah, he just changed it. So, oh, there's a swamp nearby. You didn't say that? No. Yeah, it's in the woods by a swamp. Okay. Yeah. Did I win now? No. You still <laughs> didn't have New York at all. Spider-Man's from New York. But it wasn't so part it of the starts story him, It starts with him getting on an airplane from New York and then going to Coolsville. <laughs> Boom. You fix it in post, Robert. <laughs> uh, is that our time? That's our time. All right. Well, uh, all month we will be having uh, different Halloween-themed episodes. Um, before we leave you guys, I uh, wanted to make a quick announcement. We have released a Let's Play channel. Oh, yeah. It's called Nerds Playing Games. Yes. Uh, right now we have only a few few uh, games out. We just started. Mm -hmm. uh, the games that we have out are Enter the Gungeon. Yeah, I played that one. Yep. Uh, we have one episode of it. <laughs> oh yeah, the rest got screwed up. Right? Yeah, yeah. the rest got screwed up. All of our our, our mellow let's play got screwed up. Yeah, I'm okay though. That game sucked. Uh, <laughs> what did we start with? Oh, blood. you made me play Bloodborne. I made you play Bloodborne, Bloodborne. and we played uh, a little bit Speaking of Battle of Block. Werewolf. Battle Block Theater. How do you start a game by just having somebody punch punch a werewolf in the face? Uh, they did it. Yeah. Um. But yeah, we we are very excited for this. Um, starting this week, we're going to be releasing Outlast now. Uh, for the, our younger audience, this is something that we're going to have to age gate on YouTube. We've said the F word a lot this episode. Uh, yeah, but this isn't YouTube. Yeah, but they shouldn't be listening anyways. Uh, well, fuck it. <laughs> we'll take a bath. Um, something kids do. But yeah, if if you ha uh, want to check us out, look up Nerds Playing Games. Yeah, listen, the, Elsa, the Outlast episode, uh, I believe it's episode one. Make sure you listen with headphones. Because you can literally hear Robert shit himself at one point. It's really cool. <laughs> I, I tend to jump a lot. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. We even shut the lights off for ambiance. Yeah. That's weird in hindsight. <laughs> hey, it worked. It it's worked. Fun. We're going to play more tonight, right? Yes. Well, yes, I'm not playing shit. I'm just going to make fun of you while you play. <laughs> um, but yeah, we, we, are, we are really excited about it, and we hope that you guys are too. Uh, this is something that I've been looking for, uh, forward to doing for a while. Um so yeah, check that out. It, it's nerds playing games is the is the name of the channel. I can't wait till we start getting mean spirited YouTube comments for no reason. Oh yeah, I plan on reading some of them on the podcast. Um, I, I'm probably going to put a link to the channel in the uh, in the description of oh, this yeah, podcast. There you go. Yeah. Uh, so check it out there, and uh, we look forward to hearing from you. Check us out on thenandnowproductions.com. Hit that content contact link. Uh, and email us if you want to hear any future episodes on a specific topic let us know if you have any comments about this episode please let us know uh, what's your favorite 
monster from from movies. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, if you get bored and you still don't feel like taking your headphones out, uh, listen to Hold My Beer. It's my other podcast. Robert's on several episodes. Skip Hold My Dale Earnhardt. It's really disturbing. Yes. Uh, but, uh, wow. We just recently tried something. Uh, it's the episode Hold My Ducktail. Uh, it's pretty. It's a shorter episode. Just kind of dip your toe in it. But we went, I went around a uh, giant car show and got interviews from strangers. So yeah, uh, it, it's, a, it's a shorter episode. Um, so it, it's an easy way to quickly dip your toe into the kind of stuff that we talk about mm-hmm. on, on Hold My Beer. Oh, no, I talk about people making My Little Pony porn, so it's still, oh. it's still weird. It's, yeah. dr- it's uh, friends sitting around drinking and telling stories. Yeah. Boom. There you go. Um, so, yeah, we, we are so excited to be bringing you guys this stuff. We're and, doing all kinds of shit. And without your guys' support... And listening to us, and you know, we see the views and or listens and views and all that, and it, it, it invigorates us. We, we're happy to be doing this, and that's we have an audience, so. which is why I said maybe don't listen to that Hold My Dell Earnhardt episode. Yeah, Hold don't listen to that one. Our numbers actually dropped visibly after that episode, yeah, and it has to do with pee pee, yeah. Uh, piss jugs, that's oh, all I'm God. saying. You, you can hear you throwing up in the background, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, man. Um, but yeah, share this with your friends. If you if you know anybody that like really likes nerd talk and nerd discussion, nerd comedy, share this. Share our YouTube channel. We are so excited to be bringing this stuff to you guys. Uh, that being said, your name is Danny Mons. Your name is Robert Foley. Have a spooky time, everybody. Ooh, spooky. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are we? We're losing our bits. <laughs>